Hi, I'm Jackson Haldane, and you're listening to episode three of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Home Roots. If you missed episodes one and two, we recommend circling back around and enjoying those first. We've introduced some characters who we're going to revisit, and our story will make more sense if you listen in sequential order. Yes, I hope you're all enjoying the festivities here at the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show. Healing is all around us, just floating in the air. Now, obviously, we cannot create this medicine without a recipe, and that recipe is, of course, proprietary, but I can tout some of the benefits of its active ingredients for you. Yes, its largest constituent part is people power, which opens the mind and the soul to receiving the gifts of collaboration. And the main ingredient is, of course, sound, which draws the patient into a trance-like state of belonging. But last, but certainly not least important of its composite ingredients is joy. Yes, unbridled joy. A source of energy that dissolves the barriers between audience and artist, creating a direct, sublime experience for the senses. It is simply unrivaled in modern pharmacology. <laughs> yes, step right up, it's right here, sir. I'm crazy about a jam, a spontaneous and risky experiment. Perhaps a fading tradition, but the daytime programming at Canadian festivals is historically in quote-unquote workshop format. Now, now, this doesn't mean you schlep your banjo to the show and pluck along. My favorite kind of workshop offers a platform to spontaneity. Strangers are assembled on stage together by an astute programmer who plays a hunch. Hopefully, a musical kinship exists, and the audience gets to share in the new musical relationship unfolding in front of them. It's brilliantly bold. It can be jarring for some performers, but for those who embrace the possibilities and accept the risk of public failure, a certain heightened experience is possible. Workshop programming in recent times has leaned more to a showcase format where each artist has a chance to play their three most popular songs in the round, independent of each other. And it may be the best way to hear everyone's rehearsed and polished tunes, but it's not the crucible of ecstasy that the jam workshop is. And I speak poetically about this because I am, in fact, very passionate about it. I've borne witness to some transcendent musical happenings by way of the workshop stage, and have aspired to find some magic there myself. But I mention it now because the festival workshop is the beginning of a journey that leads to exactly where we are, home roots. A philosophy informs the traditional festival workshop and music festival generally, the same set of values that inform home roots. These values are pretty simply humanistic. You know, the objective to eliminate unnecessary boundaries between the artist and the audience. When a grassroots approach to organization prevails, an inherent sense of belonging and ownership exists amongst its members. The volunteer model of operation preferred in most folk festivals and home roots alike engages the community at every level. Mitch and Ava's success with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, the 1980 Alberta Traveling Medicine Show, and other large-scale festival enterprises led to many lessons. The festival, in all its grandeur, is also a behemoth to organize, finance, and execute. 
Our founders realized that smaller, permanent, and year-round infrastructure could prove less complex to maintain and more culturally impactful. In 1987, they converted an old church in Winnipeg's West End neighborhood into a cultural hub and renowned music venue. And this permanence created tighter bonds and brought the artist and audience yet closer together. Leonard Podolik, son of Mitch and Ava, speaking about the West End Cultural Center near Winnipeg's downtown. It was a community center, it was a cultural center, there was programs for kids, they turned the place inside out and had a sing-along Handel's Messiah where the choir was in the audience and the, the orchestra was on the stage and also <laughs> in the middle a little bit. You know, on Sunday afternoons there'd be punk shows and then at nighttime there'd be folk music concerts or classical concerts, you know. Saturday afternoon blues, you know, it always had that energy around it. And then with, with Home Roots, too, it's like you're in someone's house and there isn't a stage. This quest to eliminate barriers and encourage a free flow of energy and ideas begat Home Roots, eventually launched in 2007, to bring the festival experience directly into one's living room, eliminating all the boundaries. So my dad, who at the time uh, was dipping into management, sort of just had this notion that more, more infrastructure needed to be built for folk musicians and, and, and folk musicians at, at all the different levels of their careers. James Keelahan, who was sharing office space with Mitch and his team at this time, remembers a conversation that inspired the concept for Home Roots. I had a little cubicle in there and, and I'd come in in the morning and then you know, inevitably, you know, over the top would come Mitch's head and uh, the conversation would start for the day. And I said, you know, look, you know, I said, you're trying to build an agency based on one artist at the moment. And I said, even if you got that artist every good gig in Canada, if you took every good gig in Canada and strung them together, you'd have six weeks worth of work. Either there has to be more gigs or you have to start pushing outside the country. You have to start going to the States or to Europe or to Australia or, you know, he went like, well, that's kind of depressing. And I went, well, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're planning on just having a career in this country, that's depressing. I said, but, you know, the other thing is that there could be more gigs, right? You could. And so uh, he went away in that Mitch fashion and thought about it. And then he came back and he said, well, what about house concerts? You know, during McCarthyism, you know, when the Weavers were, were and many, many other artists were blacklisted because of their association or, you know, alleged association with uh, communism, that they got completely blacklisted and their careers went up in smoke. And, and so a way that the folk community sort of went underground and said, ah, oh, well, we'll still give you a gig. And it would be in like in underground cafes and, and houses. And growing up in the business, and my dad also growing up in the business too, saw what a good vibe, you know, music brings in a house. When there's live music being played in a house and there's a party going on, it is one of the most wonderful things. And so that was a major inspiration for Home Roots. Any discussion of the philosophical tenets of something Mitch Podolik helped create would be incomplete without at least the mention of one of his favorite thinkers, Bolshevik revolutionary Leon Trotsky. Mitch's endeavors always retained a priority to serve the working class and local community. His ideas generated millions of dollars for hardworking folks, but ambitions of culture always prevailed over those of commerce. Tim Osmond, former Home Roots artistic director, expounds upon the egalitarian aspect of Mitch and Ava's management style. One of the things that Mitch always said off the top was that everybody has equal wages. 
that was a big part of it, right? And so no matter if you're the CEO or the person just joining, everyone makes the same amount of money. And he did that because he wanted everyone to feel like they're all moving in the same direction and all working on the same thing at an equal level. I remember there was this, I guess it was a, a little story that he had posted on the office wall. And it was a story about a crew building a cathedral and how, you know, the glazier would come and do the stained glass and the carpenter would work on their things and the masons would work on the, the stonework. And a gentleman was walking through and noticing all this and he saw a woman sweeping up, just, you know, cleaning up the dust and sweeping. And, and he said, I see the glazier over there, I see the stonemason doing what he does, and, and I see the carpenter, and, and what is it that you do here? And as she's sweeping up, and she said, oh, I'm building a cathedral, <laughs> right? And it's just like, yeah, she is. Even though she's not actually physically building it, she is, she's part of the, the crew and the team. Everybody's pulling in the same direction at different times and at different intensities, I guess, you know, but we're all going together, you know, and that, that was a big principle, I think, that both Mitch and Ava view with, with just the way they work with everybody and, and their organizations. And now a musician spotlight on Saskatchewan troubadour Jeffrey Straker, appearing on the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show's April 15 live stream. Tickets at homeroots.ca. Jeffrey Straker, J E F E R Y S T R A K E R. Let's see. I'm a singer, songwriter, and pianist. I think my music is best described as. Uh, singer-songwriter or roots folk music. It's so story-driven songs, by and large, is kind of what comes out of me, which is always what has sort of, I think, made sort of folk-type listeners gravitate to my songs. I've been a full-time, you know, musician, touring musician, you know, writing songs and recording songs and touring them around, mostly around Canada, but a bit into... Europe and the UK and Latin America too. For the last 16 years, it's been my full-time work. And I'm pretty grateful for that. It, it, it's an awful lot of work doing this, but at the same time, none of it feels like work to me. It, it's just like, I, I love it so much. I do about 100 to 120 shows a year. They really run the gamut from house concerts. During the pandemic, for the last couple summers, I did what I called my pandemic piano backyard tour. And I performed in backyards across the country. And that was great. It was such a really great sort of experience up close with all these people during the plague it was pretty cool but I play festival stages like folk fest and jazz fest I'll fit into and I also you know and then of course like clubs and theaters and those types of gigs too but some of my songs have been arranged for orchestra and I do some symphony shows too and and those nights are wonderful when you know when you get to do them having 40 50 60 depending on the size of the orchestra people playing with you and making that sound. I describe it as being like um, making music on the wing of a, of a jet plane and sort of having this force, you know, but instead of wind, it's music, you know. So those nights happen too. And all of them, but at the core of all of them, it's just these songs that, that I write at my piano, you know. So to me, I, I enjoy it, whether it's me in a living room with 20 people or in a concert hall with with a symphony with 2,000 people. Like, they're the same songs, you know? They're just, I, I enjoy being able to present them in different ways. 
the last, so in the 2021 Saskatchewan Music Awards, so for the province, I was named the Roots Folk Artist of the Year. And I was also honored to receive that recognition in the 2020 edition of the Saskatchewan Music Awards. And a specific music video I, I released last year won an award and has got several nominations. Uh, it's a, a video for my song, Ready to be Brave, which on its own is just a song about mustering up the courage to do something you've been probably procrastinating about having a difficult and specifically having a difficult conversation with someone and facing that thing. We produced the video in a way that it tells the story of a young boy on a farm on the Canadian prairies, you know, maybe Manitoba, maybe Saskatchewan, who knows. And he realizes he's gay and he comes out and sort of faces this fairly homophobic father in, you know, in four minutes. And it's quite dramatic and it's touched a lot of hearts. So it won best video in the Saskatchewan Independent Film Awards. And it was nominated as best video in the SAS Music Awards. And it's nominated in the Saskatchewan Country Music Awards. So maybe there'll be something there, but I'm quite proud of the video. So Home Roots reached out to ask if I would be part of the, the Prairie edition of the Traveling Online Good Time Medicine show. And I was delighted to get the request. And so I got to join forces for an in the round concert with the McDades, a wonderful traditional folk group from Edmonton, and Jenny Allen, a singer-song from Calgary, and then, you know, the, the rounding out the, the circle was the Saskatchewan representation, which was me, and we, we got to all meet up at the National Music Center in Calgary in uh, Studio A, which is a gorgeous facility and just do an in the round concert and it was wonderful i mean the three groups had we we all had a very different sort of approach to to music you know but also very complimentary i think and i think suze casey and and leonard Podluck, who put it together did a, i think they did a really good job of sort of having it just different enough but working together at the same time and you know when we played in the round and then we got to play a, a, a grand finale a number that we did all together we picked a joni mitchell tune and did it live off the floor and it was such a great experience like when it was done i was like oh i wish we could take this on the road you know but we can't fit in my mazda so we'll leave that to some other <laughs> some other time but it was really cool and it, it's funny, like, I, I apparently at American folk festivals that, like, what we call a workshop at our Canadian folk festivals, they don't really do that in the States, apparently. I've been told, I've been told this, you know. So it's quite a special thing. And I mean, it's almost like you could, I mean, maybe this would be going too far, but it's almost like you could have a whole festival of just that. Because it's all these moments that you're never going to get again. And I think that's why people crowd around for these workshops. It's like, I don't even know if they think it consciously, but they're sitting down to take something in. And I think at some deep level, like they know, well, this is gonna happen here once and this is never gonna happen again. And that's so cool. And because so much music and so much even like TV and online content and everything is so manufactured uh, over time. It's becoming so pre-produced that I think we're almost yearning for these really organic, real moments. and that's when it can happen, you know? They're precious time. There's something about a house concert or even the backyard concerts I, I, I did during the pandemic where you're like, you're not generally on a stage. You're typically on the level of the people listening. You can pretty much see every face and every facial expression while you're performing, you know, for better or for worse, and uh, hopefully for better. And, you know, when you take the break, there's usually the break and there's usually a snack table when there's no pandemic. You're all kind of breaking bread together. It's so intimate and personal that, like, 
and I love it. I'm kind of a textbook extrovert to a flaw where I kind of need people to get my energy, you know? And so it's the perfect, I find it to be the perfect setting because like you kind of leave with 20 to 40 new friends. Like it's pretty beautiful. And I had an experience um, last summer at a couple backyard concerts where 18 months into the pandemic, it was people's first concert. And I visibly saw several people crying. You know, not like, like, but like, like wiping tears. And, and, I, and I hadn't really seen that many people do that before. And I talked to some of them at the break and I, you know, we talked about it and, and they said, I forgot this feeling. And I, it touched me so much, you know, because it reassured me that, you know, that what we're doing really matters, you know, that like that this live music thing really makes a difference, you know, and I actually get shivers thinking about that moment. Jeffrey Straker, my good people, Jeffrey Straker, an inspiring young man, most definitely. Remember, tickets at homeroots.ca, that's H-O-M-E-R-O-U-T-E-S dot C-A. With an idea for a house concert empire now fully realized, focus had to be directed to securing the startup capital to get Home Roots off the ground. Mitch enlisted some young talent to help him. Tim Osmond worked closely with Mitch for 13 years. I know that Mitch had met with Russ Kelly at a Folk Alliance and had kind of wrote this idea out on a napkin. And there was enough interest with, with, with Russ and the Canada Council that, that th this idea really had legs. So, so Mitch kind of like brought this idea back and basically he just said, you know, this is my idea. There's some interest. Why don't we try it? Hi, my name's Russ Kelly, the head of music at the Canada Council, <laughs> which I did from basically 2001 to 2011. When I went back as head of music, Mitch was one of the earlier ones to call, and I didn't know what to expect. He had, he had, he had not, well, yeah, he had harassed some of the officers <laughs> at that point, and they were having difficulty sort of figuring out how to talk to him or how to deal with him. I felt absolutely blessed to sit in the chair that I was in because the people I was taught, I ended up talking to on a regular basis were creators. You know, they created things and they made things happen for all kinds of other people around them. And I just thought, man, these, this is the force of, of Canadian art. This is how Canadian arts grow, how it develops. And it felt, um, I felt blessed to be able to be at a place where I could help how that worked. I think Russ said to me later on that he really liked the idea of musicians doing a gig every day. And that didn't really exist anymore. And so he liked the idea of Homeroots providing that for artists, not only for, for, for revenue, but also to develop their craft on stage. And every day you can kind of hone what you do and make it better. We're talking about house concerts, so I recognize that Mitch and Ava were not reinventing the wheel here, but I do know for certain they got a lot of people mobilized. The idea of a concert in the parlor, it's an old tradition, but that's the real beauty of folk music, that what's old can always be new and then celebrated in the getting old again. It revolves around timelessly, like the generations of people who carry the songs with them. With funding secured via Canada Council, Mitch and his team could focus on the next big concern. Remember, the conceptual model for Home Roots is to establish touring circuits across Canada, sending dozens of artists each year out to perform in people's homes. 
Now all they had to do was find hundreds of homeowners to host and co-produce the shows. In our next episode, we'll look into what it took to recruit and retain a stable of amazing hosts and the larger cultural impact of their selfless efforts to bring live music into their communities. Our goal was to, to get people's interest in this and try and recruit hosts for, for signing up for this, this program. So what ended up happening was that CBC said, we're having a contest, phone in and tell us your best house concert story and you could win a house concert, right? And so all these people phoned in, it was Canada Live, so it was across the country. Um, we've got most calls from Western Canada, so that's kind of, where we started. If you'd like to explore the music of Home Roots on the Traveling Good Time Medicine show, we've created a playlist of featured content available for listening on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search for the Traveling Good Time Medicine show playlist, follow, and press play. Now would also be a good time to go get your tickets for the next show. That's Jeffrey Straker, Jenny Allen, and the McDades coming up on April 15th. Go to homeroots.ca for more information. If you'd like to be a sustaining supporter of Home Roots, go to patreon.com backslash homeroots and there you can make a monthly contribution to support us and sustain us through the year. It's a great way to keep some reliable income coming in for Home Roots and a great way for you to show your support on a monthly basis. I'm your host, Jackson Haldane. Our producers are Jordan Moore of The Pod Cabin and Tim Fraser of the Murdoch Podcast Network. Our head cheese is Jason Arkley of Home Roots. And a huge thanks to Leonard, Ava, Kathy, Brianna, Graham, and everybody working behind the scenes at the office. Now that banjo music you're hearing in the background was played by the one and only Mitch Podolik, recorded in the early 2000s. Thanks to Factor and the Canadian Arts Council for funding this project, and to you for listening. See you next time for another dose of the Traveling Good Time Medicine Show Podcast.